came, but he said these words of like, yes, that was amazing, uh, but I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And I remember those words just sinking in me like rocks so heavy, like a knife stab in my heart. I was like, Ugh. Welcome to the Feminine Way podcast. My name is Dika and I'm a Tantra teacher. I'm on a mission to make Tantra and Tantric wisdom modern and down to earth. And I support and work with feminine leaders and entrepreneurs to use this wisdom in their daily lives, relationships, and businesses to activate more love, intimacy, and pleasure. In this episode, I'm sharing my own personal story of how I met my soulmate, and I dive into the three lessons that I learned along the way that were essential in this journey. Besides that, I dive into the tantric perspective on soulmates and the soulmate phenomenon. For sure, this episode is a love story, but one that is a modern and very human fairy tale with lots of ups and downs and twists and turns. So I would say grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy. So yes, soulmates. I can't wait to share my story of how I met Modestus, my current partner, who I consider my soulmate. And also I'm super excited to share with you some of the core insights and things that I've learned, which I think are really helpful for every single woman, um, whether you already found your soulmate, when whether you would like to find your soulmate, whether you hope that someone in your life turns out to be your soulmate, or even if you're thinking like, I'm not sure if soulmates are are my thing. I'm not sure if I believe in it. Is it not just a fantasy, a fairy tale that I've got taught? For sure, that's what I believed at some point in my life. And I wasn't sure if soulmates were a true thing. Um, I never even dared to dream about it or let myself consider it because I was like, that's too risky. Uh, what if it doesn't happen? I'm going to just be heartbroken and searching for something. Um, I don't think that's a smart thing to do. Um, so wherever you're at, um, this episode is going to be, I believe, really, really valuable also because I'll be giving a tantric perspective on the principle of the soulmate, the phenomena of the soulmate, which I personally got taught by my tantra teacher, Ma'ananda Sarita, who actually got it taught from her tantra teacher called Osho. He once gave a really beautiful discourse on the phenomena of the soulmate, and she got so inspired that... Um, this is one of the things that she turned into her life's work and she created the Soulmate series, which is a Tantra training specifically designed for couples that want to walk the soulmate path. So more about that later. And it, it consists of seven levels. And this is also the Tantra training um, that me and my partner have done at least the first two levels so far. And it really completely changed my life up until the point that... Um, basically besides my own online work and online business and um, all the things that I do for that, I decided basically since a year ago to use my background in innovation management and business to apply that to this amazing training, which me and my partner are also apprenticing to teaching one day. Um, and so for now, I am basically the global organizer and innovator of this training. You might sometimes see me talk and promote about it because this work is just everything. And so um, recently, actually, me and my partner have decided also to teach a shorter version, an introduction more to this really powerful work for couples, which is called The Bridge, a weekend we'll be hosting in April. Um, but more about that at the very end. But this work is... Yeah, it's just so, so, so powerful, and I can't wait to share more about it in the rest of this podcast. But first, what I would like to talk about is a little bit of my past when it comes to relationships. So my relationship history, 
I basically have had one long-term relationship from of about like five years. At that point, I think we got together when I was just about to turn 19. And we stayed together up until the end, almost when I turned 24, basically. And um, I consider this a really, really beautiful relationship. Also, I often refer to it now as kind of like a default type of relationship in the sense of I didn't get taught anything about relationships except for you find someone that you like, you fall in love, whatever that means, and then um, you have all these butterfly feelings and then you feel called to be in a relationship with this person and um, you live happily ever after or something. I don't know. Um, It was quite confusing to me. And also um, often a lot of people had already like more serious relationships before like 19 was pretty late at that point. When I look at it now, I'm like... (laughs) Wow. Um, uh, yeah. And I, for a while I was like, maybe I just can't really fall in love or I don't know. I, it was, it was confusing often, let's say it like that. So then I found, um, my ex-partner and, um, yeah, it took a while for me to fall in love with him, but eventually it felt really good. And we had such an amazing relationship and an amazing, great time in the sense of at that point of time, it was exactly what we needed. I personally was going through a lot of big shifts in my family home where my mom fell into a big depression, um, psychosis, and my parents ended up also uh, divorcing. And so it was a very confusing time. And um, with this person, yeah, I had a lot of support and also our own little family unit in a way. And at the same time, I could support him a lot as well in, um, yeah, in other aspects of his life. And so for the first like three years or so, I would say it was it was just cute and amazing. We would go on holidays. I was studying. He was studying. We ended up at some point moving in together, which felt really great. But I would say about three years into the relationship, I started yeah, becoming a little bit confused or feeling a little bit locked up. I remember um, I was in therapy with my sisters because of the whole situation with my mom and my parents. And so we were um, really proactively uh, getting therapy for that and processing it all together, which was super special. And I remember during one of those um, sessions with the therapist, the psychologist, she asked me, I don't know how it came to this, but she asked me like, well, if you had the choice right now, would you still want to live with your partner or not? And actually I concluded that, and I said, I'm like, well, I would actually just like to live by myself again. Um, and that to me was very confusing because we've been living together for about a year. Our, our relationship was still really great, but somehow I felt the need for more space. Um, somehow I felt like I wanted to have my own place again. And um It was like this thing of like, well, but this is not how relationships go. Like you meet, then you live, you move in together, then maybe at some point you get married, then maybe kids. And so not moving in together, that's like not a good sign. That's not something you can do. So that was already quite confusing to me. And so I kind of pressed that away for another year or so Uh, up until that point also what started happening is way more attractions to other people, which I found super confusing and didn't know what to do with. Um, and then our own sex life also was turning more into we're becoming more friends. And so instead of being really lovers or having that spark, it all became different. It was changing and I didn't know what to do with it. I felt like something was wrong with me. It must be all me. Um, what is happening up until a point where I was like, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be anymore. I think, yeah, um, 
I don't understand. This doesn't feel like the right thing. Eventually, that relationship came to an end. Um, and I was, it felt really good in that phase of my life. I was like, yeah, I, I want more freedom. I want more space for myself. Um, this became all just too overwhelming, too much. It was, yeah, it was just quite intense. Um, but after that, I really was like, I never want to feel that locked up again into in a relationship. So I was like, maybe I can just not do relationships. So it left me with a lot of questions and kind of like this nagging feeling of, yeah, like this, this, this didn't really work. Um, I'm not sure if I'm fit for this. And so from that on, like a phase in my relating dating life opened up where I was more of a free bird. I was having lots of sexual experiences. Um, and eventually I finished my studies and then went to travel. And so when I was backpacking, this is when I ended up meeting a lot of different kind of people with different perspectives, different backgrounds. And so I ended up actually getting more and more into uh, a scene in a phase of my life where I found out about open relating and that you can just be like honest and open about different attractions and that you don't have to just be stuck with one partner for the rest of your life. Um, you can maybe have multiple partners or not have all these labels and boxes so it doesn't become so confusing. So for a while I was like, oh my God, this is, I think maybe this is what I'm about like maybe this is why my previous relationship didn't work like all these principles that these men and people were talking about it seemed more fitting to me it felt more freeing it felt more open well that's why it's called open relating <laughs> um and so for a while that's kind of that path I I went on where um I was dating um multiple people or kind of like having sexual experiences um but it was also, again, something there wasn't clicking. At some point, I was seeing someone for about a year and a half, but we never really were like, okay, are we in a relationship or what are we? Because this person was like, I'm all about no labels. We don't do any boxes. So we're just whatever is here. <laughs> so that is in one way really beautiful and other way also really confusing. And plus it, yeah, it never felt like I could fully lean in and fully open up. So after that, like... A lot of confusion came with that at some point too. I'm like, I, I don't understand this either. This doesn't feel right as well. And so I ended up saying also a no to that and really closing something off, even though that can be quite tricky because something is open. So when is something really ended? Uh, but at some point I, I had to really, yeah, like be like, no, this is, this doesn't, this doesn't feel good. And that's what I need to trust. But then I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm just afraid of commitment now, or maybe I just... I don't know, what is still wrong with me? So this is a little bit, I went into two opposites. And um, yeah, it might it might resonate. You might be in something similar. Um, just sharing from my own um, experience. And one of my biggest fears also when was when specifically I was in this like open dating, open relating. And in general, like during my whole life, uh, I was always really afraid to be seen as needy or dependent or attachy. Um, these were always things that I heard men talk about and they always kind of talked about it in a denigrating way, in an annoying way, finding women exhausting. Um, and like, especially when it came to relationships. And so I was like, I don't want to be perceived like that whatsoever. Um, so I just want to be this cool woman that you can just have like epic sex with or something. Um, but what was happening really 
at this point in time after uh, I came out of my long-term relationship and basically already before that, after my first sexual encounter or my first sexual experience, which was with a man um, that didn't really want to commit, wasn't never fully my boyfriend either, but we kind of were on and off for a little bit, but it was a lot of push and pull, was like a really gameplay and... I got hurt a lot, like, oh, I was going through so many emotional waves, like giving my 17-year-old just a a big hug and telling her it's going to be all fine. Uh, But that was a a really intense experience. And I remember saying after that one that I'm like, I'm never going to be this naive or never this like whatever I did here uh, with a man again. And then so I came out of my long-term relationship with I'm never going to be this locked up and whatever again. (laughs) So... Basically what happened after all of that and what I did was completely disconnect from my heart. Um, My heart was definitely not online for a very, very long time. Up until a point that I had this like long-term relationship, these reflections that I had afterwards, then diving into this open relating polyamorous kind of scene and way of connecting and relating and, and, and having beautiful experiences and learning a lot about my sexuality However, at some point it was like, that also came to an end. And I was like, what, this is all not fulfilling. Like, what am I missing? Um, I feel, yeah, unsatisfied. I feel like something, because even after like um, one night stands or more like short sexual interactions with someone or some other like erotic play or whatever it was, um, more and more what started happening is instead of it being an exploration from which I was learning a lot about my sexuality, it became something that afterwards I felt like, uh, like, why did I do that? Like that, it doesn't really feel good. I didn't have to go that far with this person or yeah, I kind of, I felt my heart like and my system and emotions just being, being uncomfortable with it. And this is how I started actually rolling into the journey of closing or closing. My heart was really closed, opening my heart. And I remember specifically an experience which um, was during a breathwork session from a really beautiful dear friend of mine who was giving these at the, at the time online. I think it was actually close to like the start maybe of corona anyways I, I remember in this breathwork session and this was like I was for a while on on the, onto this path or questioning of like how how would I open my heart why is my heart not open or like what does that even look like or what does that even mean but because of bringing that into your awareness um yeah natural experience and things will pop into your life that most likely will support and give answers to that in different ways than you might expect so I was in this breathwork session and I remember somehow like really going deep and I'm most of the time not that big of a fan of just breathwork sessions but somehow for this one I was really able to yeah tap into the magic of it um and I had this full-blown experience of my heart blowing open and these visions and I was all this pink and I saw myself floating on clouds and I felt so light and so happy and yeah it was it was something next level. And for me, that was the initial imprint of like, oh, this is maybe how it feels to have an open heart. And from there, I started attracting men where I was like, well, now I'm going to just open my heart and see what happens or go more in from that space. Um, And what then started happening is I fell into this pattern where I would really fully be in, in, in all my, in all my way, move my heart open um, with my like sexuality there that I started 
attracting beautiful men, but all of them would say in one way or another that they didn't want to be in a relationship with me. And so then I rolled onto this whole different path of like, okay, why do they not want to be like, why do they love being around me and give me all these compliments and like more short-term connections and stuff like that? But why don't they want to be in a relationship with me? Like what's, what's up with that? Uh, but yeah, I was also like, do I want to be in a relationship with them? I don't know. But I was like, I want to be like, I would love to explore a little bit longer than keeping things really short, short term. So yeah, a lot of different waves <laughs> in this journey of relating. Um, I believe for many, the relationship game and just the relating scene and, and life is, is a journey of that many twists and turns and ups and downs. <laughs> um, and so now I'm going to get into the part of how then did I end up finding my partner um, and my soulmate who I've been together now for almost two and a half years and we are about to get married as well. So ooh, exciting. And also I can feel always like I get emotional from it because it's it's. It's a story I consider really close to my heart, of course. <laughs> it's about love. Um, but also that feels almost like vulnerable or almost like, wow, this is this is my reality. This is real. Like, um, it's so beautiful to have a love like this in my life and to have someone, yeah, that is on a similar path that we can walk together. It's a, it's a really, really special feeling. So I'm trying not to tear up and get too emotional. <laughs> um, so let's dive into it. So let me start off with answering the question if it was love on first sight. So the answer to that is no, definitely not. It was not love on first sight. <laughs> um, I remember the first time, the first memory I have of Modestus where we sort of met. He is completely unaware, does not remember any of the sort. And basically the first time that we interacted or that we met was when I was hosting an event and the person I was hosting the event with was like, okay, let's do promotion. And so we were at this like open space um, in, in Bali in Ubud. And so I was like, okay, a little bit hesitant, but I was like, okay, well, let's, let's ask a few people and invite them to this event. Uh, it's not really the way I thought of doing sales, but okay, let's let's step out of my comfort zone. And so here I saw this group of people and I remember seeing them at a, a similar event like last week. So I was like, okay, this is going to be easy. Like they already into this. So um, let's just ask. And so I walk up and I remember starting to talk to them and getting this look back of like, why are you even opening your mouth and speaking words to us? Like they were in this king and queen and I was this peasant and just being looked at and just being like uh excuse me and so it was quite a terrible feeling and three guesses who was one of those people in that group well that was Mr. Modestus <laughs> so that is the first memory I have of him so after that, I was like okay well um this is a very judgmental person whatever not my not my style not my type now over the months that followed um I have a few more memories of him and all those memories with were him with a different woman, like him with a different woman somewhere giving a kiss before a dance thing. And I just ran past um, him somewhere on a Facebook through friends. I saw photos of him being with another woman um, doing, I don't know, this. And um, yeah, all these like distinct moments, which was super fascinating. And so that kind of added to my judgment and my story of who this person is all about. 
Now, at the same time, there was a really good friend of mine. It's actually a common friend of ours that kept on saying like, oh, have you met Modestus yet? I think you should really meet this person, this tantric master. And I was like, yes, yes, this tantra person, whatever, um, not interested. And he's like, no, but he makes these body butters. And like, I think you guys would really get along. And I was like, yeah, um, added to all those experiences or encounters that I've had with this person, even though we've never officially met, I was like, yeah, no, I don't believe um, I need to meet this person. Until um, another like few months later, there was a party. I believe this was one of the first parties we've had in, had in Bali after we had like lockdowns and the, the beginning of, of the pandemic. And so it was very exciting. It was so many people there. And the night before the party, I had a dream and I am not a person that remembers my dreams very often. Um, and so I just, in, t in general, I'm like, I was not that big of a dreamer. I always say, but I know every one of us dreams. I just, I just am not one of those that can vividly remember a dream. And just um, one of my sisters actually is always so like, yeah, so cute and beautiful and all the dreams she remembers and almost like she steps into a different world. Anyways, that's not me. Um, however, this dream though I had, I clearly remembered the next morning. And so... I labeled it in that point a sex dream and three guesses who was in my sex dream, the guy with the curls. Like I, I, I didn't know his name by then. Um, but yeah, that one person, and I thought it was fascinating because again, I don't remember dreams often. And well, it was clearly, um, yeah, the guy with the curls is hard to miss. He's definitely a character. So, <laughs> um, and then the dream, it wasn't like we were having sex in a dream, but it felt really intimate. I remember, maybe this is going to be sound, sounding a little bit weird, but I remember it being at my a home where I grew up in the Netherlands. Um, it was, we were in that kitchen and my dad was somewhere in the dream as well, but my dad was in the living room and it felt like we were, we were like making out or being like naughty in the kitchen at the same time, something like that. Anyways, I woke up and classified it as a sex dream, which was like, oh, cute. I had a sex dream, but also like, oh, about that specific person. Interesting. So then that night I went to this party and I remember talking with my friends and sharing about my dream. And I was like, yeah, I had a sex dream and you know about which guy. And I'm like, I pointed him out because he was also at the party. So we laughed and we had a great time and I was about to go home until my, my friend that kept on had been saying for months, like, you should meet this person. Um, he grabbed me and he's like, have you met Modestus yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't, but I'm about to go home. He's like, no, you have to meet him. So he literally grabbed me, pulled me on my hand, dragged me towards him and put me in front of this guy with the curls and was like, you guys need to dance. So we looked at each other and we're like, uh, okay. And so he was like, yeah. And so we danced, we had a, a beautiful dance. Um, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And it felt like the feeling I had in the dream was the feeling I had in the dance. And so in, in the end of the dance, though, we ended up having this eye gaze, almost like staring competition. And then really literally without saying any words, we just walked off different directions and didn't look back, didn't look, didn't talk, didn't do anything. And that was basically our first real interaction. And so, well, that night it was like, oh, that's funny because my sex dream kind of came true because the dance, the feeling of the dance was similar as my dream. So that's kind of how I was like, oh, that was, it was just funny, like how my dream predicted that or something. I didn't think twice about it. Weeks passed again. 
at that point in time, um, I was living in the south of Bali. Normally, I live more in the central of Bali in Ubud. That's where I've been for, yeah, years and years. But back then, we were spending some months with friends, having a house also down south. And um, another little, like, little sidetrack that, yeah, anyways, I'm trying to keep it clear. <laughs> um but Medeses is also a Zouk teacher. Zouk, Brazilian Zouk is a, a Latin partner dance. Now, about six months before we've met, really, uh, before that first dance that we've had, it wasn't a Zouk dance, by the way. It was more contact improvisation, if that says anything for you. But it's, it's a thing in Bali, <laughs> what we do. Um, we dance in contact, but improvised. Anyways, I found out about Zouk, this Brazilian Zouk dance. And I remember a friend at that time showing it to me and showing some videos. And I was like oh my God, this is, I want to learn this. I've always wanted to learn a Latin partner dance, never really dared to do so. And so at that time I took a few classes, but then yeah, moved to the South. There were no classes there up until the point that a friend messaged me and was like, hey, um, this guy is giving free Zouk classes in Uluwatu in the South of Bali. Uh, maybe it's something for you. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. So I, of course, went to these classes and that's where... I believe we really kind of got introduced in the sense of when we talk about Modesta's side of this story, I think it would be a good um, uh, topic for another episode, like to hear his story of how, how he met me. Um, but I think that's the first time he actually remembers me. He doesn't remember any of the things really before that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I went to zoo classes, which was really nice. Also very confronting. Zook is, is, oh, it always brings up so much insecurity and things and struggles within me um it's really about yeah learning to follow and to surrender it's something else um anyways i went to one of the classes and i came to another class of his and this is actually where he had a photographer with him a friend or something was taking some photos of his classes and stuff like that and he also shot some photos of us um i didn't know about this until months later but that is actually the first photo that is ever shot of us um at that point in time there was nothing really still happening between us but when you see the photo i'm pretty sure the universe already knew exactly what she had in store for us <laughs> um and this is when yeah we had a deeper interaction but also i found out that he had a uh, a girlfriend a partner at that time who was there as well so didn't think too much of it so again a few weeks passed until I really strongly felt I have to move back to Ubud like somehow I really felt it super strongly out of nowhere I need to go back to Ubud I need to move back to the center of Bali this the south this chapter is coming to a close um, I need to go back now what happens within basically two days of me moving back I went to an ecstatic dance and um, at the very end of the dance, Modestas was there too, but we didn't dance at all during the ecstatic dance. At the very end, we were lying down on the floor. It's kind of like they have this integration moment. And I was feeling, I remember, quite tender and vulnerable and a little bit inward. So I was lying there on the floor and kind of was like, oh, I just, I want comfort. I want, I want safety. I want love. And Medestas was not far from me, also on the floor. And suddenly we roll over, we both roll over. And it's like, I don't know, like two magnets suddenly coming together. And we ended up in this hug. And we just, I believe, it felt like time stopped. And in that hug, we just stayed for 
probably a half hour and I remember people passing by because everyone was leaving the space and just kind of joking about this or saying bye to us different friends and anyways and we were just there in this this, this embrace in this cuddle and that is actually the first moment that this spark this click like suddenly we were matching um that moment happened what followed was a very juicy 24 hours initially just I don't know we had lunch with friends of course also this friend that introduced us and we had like a great time and we were flirting the entire day um and eventually he asked me to come home with him and I was like yes why not but at that point in time I was also very aware that he actually didn't have one girlfriend he had two girlfriends so I was like okay not thinking of this person as something too serious, but I really felt this super strong heart opening, um, pussy opening connection. So let's have an amazing experience, I guess. And it doesn't have to per se be sex, but we can also just run energy and um, have a more tantric connection and whatever. So I went home with him. Eventually, we ended up like just being in a love making bubble for 24 hours and uh, riding all different kinds of waves. And whew, it was, yeah, out of this world. Um, and so I remember saying basically bye to him afterwards, not really expecting too much of anything, but just being like, yeah, grateful for this beautiful experience and for connecting this deeply. And then he said in one way, like, I don't know how this came, but he said these words of like, yes, that was amazing, like blah, 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 amazing. Um, uh, but I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And I remember those words just sinking in me like rocks so heavy, like a knife stab in my heart. It was like, oh, and it wasn't per se because I was thinking of being in a relationship with this person um, because, well, he has two other partners and I was actually kind of coming out of this more open relating and polyamorous world. And I was like, that's also not really what I'm looking for. I want something yeah, more dedicated, more committed, or at least, yeah, some someone where I can just have the focus on me for a bit, whether that's for a relationship or just for more of a sexual interaction. But I want something a little bit more um, sustainable. So it wasn't because of that, but it was because, well, I told you in the, uh, just now as well that um, I was, when I came out of this more like open dating, relating space of my life that I was, bumping into these beautiful connections but all these men somehow not um yeah really wanting to be committing to me or in a relationship with me and that left me with like this yeah this insecurity or this feeling that something was wrong with me so when he said those words it was just like crushing <laughs> um my my heart and my system like oh that was uncomfortable I left and was like okay well then I'm gonna just put him in the friend zone box and I'll forget all about this and so this was the moment basically where I closed off my heart again and I was like, okay, um, this this love thing, whatever, or this connecting thing, maybe I should pause it for a bit. Now, the days that followed, Modesta kept really being super loving and connecting to me and sending me messages. And I got so confused. I remember, well, you don't want to be in a relationship with me, but why are you being so nice and so loving and sending me all these messages and staying in touch? And so eventually we ended up um, going on because I was something like, okay, we're going to be friends now. I'll take you out on an ice cream date. So I got really into my masculine and I'm like, I'll arrange all these things. I have control. We're going on ice cream dates, ice cream date as friends because you don't want to be in a relationship with me, whatever. And so we did that. Uh, basically our, our second date, even though I thought it was not a date. <laughs> um, well, 
again, that date turned into 24 hours of us making love and, um, yeah, going again to this crazy, like, connecting experience. And I remember what shifted at the beginning of that date, like what opened my heart actually, um, was that he started sharing really personal stories about himself, really vulnerable, really open. I've never heard like a man really share these things from his heart, like what's been on his heart. And so that helped to open my heart and that ended up, um, opening my legs (laughs) for those that, um, uh, yeah, I've listened to different podcast episodes, one of them being the three things every woman should know, but every person should know about women's sexuality is that our sex and sexuality opens through our heart, actually. Anyways, a little sidetrack. So then basically after that, it was just like super clear that, I don't know, whatever was between us, we wanted to connect, be be together, um, explore all these feelings that were here and just really, really enjoy. And so from that, basically a few weeks of um, massive initiation started happening because there was this confusion between what my body was saying, what like clearly, of course I was having butterflies and just this, the initial feelings of being in love, but also there was this very strong feeling of like, I just need to be close to this person. I just need to lean, keep leaning in. And somehow the dream that I had kept reminding me of that. The feeling of the dream specifically, it was so magical. That dream where I felt this like, yeah, there was a specific feeling to it. That's a feeling I had every single time I was with him. And somehow whatever was happening in those first few weeks, because it was quite like an an intense journey, ups and downs, triggers. Um, Of course, he still had two different partners, even though that was kind of in the process of also like letting go and shedding that all naturally. Um, But it was, it was, yeah, a lot of things happening. But that feeling of like something I want to stay open. I want to lean in. I want to trust. That is what I kept following. And that is what I believe actually um, made all the difference because there were so many moments in those first few weeks where I could have decided this is too painful. This is too uncomfortable. This is not for me. This doesn't tick all my boxes. I am out of here. But every single time there was a moment like that, I was daring to lean into the discomfort. I was daring to move the emotions. I was daring to feel and to stay open in my heart, to stay open in my system. Basically, I was leaning into surrender. And so surrender was like a massive word and lesson when it came to um, to our relationship, when it came to basically how I met my soulmate. Well, it was one, opening my heart. That was one of the first steps. That's how we basically met. But then another one was um, really daring and learning to surrender because if I would have been this kind of in this queen attitude which also yeah sometimes you see women in and especially women that yeah do this lot of work around like finding your relationship and love and they're like well you have to be like this queen that men want to just show up with and like if he doesn't tick your boxes these are your boundaries and you have to step up for your boundaries um and so if I would have been with that attitude I would have not had these dates with this man because he was not ticking all my boxes. He was having um, different relationships and I didn't want to be in a polyamorous uh, connection anymore. So like you might say, well, that's like, it gets confusing, confusing. Are you not overstepping your boundaries? But here is where one really important thing comes in and that's the connection to your body and your ability to feel. And to feel specifically the difference between openness in your body and closeness. Plus being able to 
trust yourself really well. But specifically when it comes to this feeling of open and closed, there is a, a nuance where when you're triggered, it triggers pain. And so then there is this closeness in your body. However, when you're triggered, basically you can see it as like this fog arises. And so then you might say, well, my body is closed. So that mean, must mean a no, I shouldn't be leaning in with this man. For example, when um, a jealousy trigger came in because he had this one partner really quickly that was already ending with them actually so that they didn't feel, yeah, that naturally kind of left the space. But there was one other woman that he was still with and interacting with while I also was dating him. And so, yeah, we had these interactions of like jealousy and confusion and like with this other woman. And so then I would get triggered and my body goes goes into like Ugh, contraction mode. Um, so you, you can consider that as like, okay, this is my boundary. So this is a no, so I shouldn't be in this. But there's like the nuances or the, the key here is, is actually to move initially through that fog, like learn the lesson that's linked to that trigger. And from that space, you can tune in again. Is this really a yes or a no in my body? Um, and this nuance and this, this is like essential, not just like in the process of finding your soulmate or love relationships, but also anywhere else in your life. Um, and this is where real clarity comes from. Like the other day I was having a client who was having struggles in her relationship and she's like, I'm not sure if I can do this anymore. Um, I'm so confused. Like what is his part? What is my part? Is he right? Am I right? Where are my boundaries? Do I need to speak up for my boundaries? Am I just being too submissive? She's all these questions. And she was like, I'm just, I just don't know anymore. I feel so all over the place. And so basically what I said to her is like, all these questions are valid questions to ask yourself, but the only place where you get the answers and the clarity is not with your mind. It's not by logics. It's by going into your body, by going through the feeling sense and by moving initially through the trigger, through the emotion that is here right now, through the pain that's being activated. Um, and instead of being like, well, he caused this pain. So this is like not my fault, whatever. This is his thing. It's like, no. If you're having emotions inside of your body, that's your responsibility. That is not something that anyone else does. It's only, of course, it gets triggered by someone else, but it's only because you have a hook that matches that specific action or whatever it is that that emotion or pain gets triggered within you. And basically all of the time that comes from past experiences initially, past when you grew up, when you were a kid, um, somewhere you were not loved, somewhere you were hurt, and basically you create all of these coats. And um, here is where we're trying to have intimacy and connection or relationships while we're both wearing like 10 winter coats. Well, that's going to be very difficult. <laughs> um, and so you'll have to take some of those coats off Otherwise, also, it's very hard to actually feel what's happening in your body. I mean, are you hot because of the coats or are you just naturally hot? You don't know. You have to take off the coats. Um, and so this, this ability to be emotionally mature like this and to be able to um, heal and go through transformation within yourself here and move these emotions, move these triggers, look at what is your responsibility and then find the... Then, um, be able to find a moment of stillness and integration. That is where the real answers of yes and no come from. And so over the past few years, this is all what I've been about. Also what my work is about is just connecting to your body, feeling, breathing, 
staying open, connecting to your feminine essence and learning to trust myself. And that I've done through baby steps. Um, it's something that you've built with yourself, this trust. And that's when then I trust that knowing that no matter what happens, whether that's in a relationship connection or anywhere else, I know that I got myself. I know that even if things get really tough and challenging, I still can take really good care of myself, love myself and allow myself to keep opening up or come back to love uh, in a space of openness. And this is something that really helped me in these first few weeks where things got triggering or confusing because I'm like, do I really want to be with this person or not? Like, is this the right person or not? Um, all these questions that you, you ask yourself specifically in the beginning of a connection, um, they can become really confusing. However, they are never to be answered with the mind. Uh, that is not where the true answer comes from. So the clarity really comes from your body and specifically by going through anything that's uncomfortable and going through the, the really depths and just the core and key of who you are. And from there, you can easily feel, you know, automatically when something is a yes or a no. And so basically what happened that my body kept on saying yes, kept on saying yes, kept on saying yes, keep leaning in, keep leaning in, keep trusting, um, find out what's here. And so basically that's what I, what I went into, I leaned into of like, uh, this space of surrender and this space of, okay, no matter where this connection is going to, like, I have my heart there. I have my whole being. I am, I'm here. Like, I'm not just giving half of myself or a little bit or like trying to just see what happens and take like baby steps and lean back. I'm like, no, every time I was right there, I was showing myself, I was in the process. I was showing my vulnerability. Um, and I feel eventually that is one of the main things that also in those first few weeks made it really clear of like, wow, we are a really good match and we really want to be with each other and show up for each other and support each other um, because the other person is really showing up and showing themselves and being vulnerable. And um, yeah, that is that was something really special. Now, one last little side note on specifically this point because... What's really important here in Tantra, we say, learn to love yourself before you are able to learn to love another. So basically, there's three phases of love where you love, learn to love yourself first, then you step into a phase where you learn to love another relationship, and then eventually you learn to love the whole, like basically the whole of existence to everyone um, and find this ultimate compassion and unconditional love for life itself. And um, even though I do not believe actually where some people say like, well, it's all about, you have to love yourself completely first and then you're only ready for a relationship. I don't think that's true specifically because there's so many parts of myself that I learned to love more by being in connection that I get mirrored back by Modestus. However, the years before I met him, I was diving fully into accepting and loving myself. I went into a full journey of really going to the core of who I am, understanding that I am a woman and what that means, what that comes with. And therefore I was also able to attract someone that loved himself, but also that was really a man. And that was matching me like in, in this, like, yeah, that was just fitting. Like we fit together, like lock and key basically. Now, lastly, you might be wondering, okay, but how then did you end up like really together um, because now it's like almost two and a half years. We are engaged for, I believe, over a year and a half almost. 
and now about to get married. So, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, because last thing you told us is that he was still having his other partner. So what happened there? So this is basically the third key or the third lesson that really, um, yeah, I hope inspires you as well, that played a big role in eventually really creating this soulmate connection and this long-term committed relationship um, is the word commitment. Now, about five weeks into us dating, um, he asked me this question if I wanted to do the soulmate training with him, if I wanted to do this tantra training for couples. Now, this other partner that he was, um, yeah, had been seeing for months and it was about to like also close and come to an end, basically, it felt like that naturally was somehow fading away without me being like, this needs to happen or without like any, there was no forcing in this whole journey, basically. And so that was naturally coming to a close, but they were more tantric partners. And so um, basically he asked me to join the soulmate training with him and basically made this such a gentleman. Um, <laughs> how do you say that? Um, I don't know the English word for this, but he basically said like, I want to do it with you. If you don't do it with me, I'll do it with this other woman. <laughs> so this was like a very like last interesting hurdle where I was like, who I could now just be all like strong independent woman and slap him in the face for this. And, um, like whatever, um, <laughs> uh, leaving, leaving him here. Um, but I initially came to, okay, wait, this training, do I want to do this training? Yes, I do want to do this training. However, I had so many excuses come up why this wasn't the right time. Like it was a big investment. I actually didn't have the money for it. So I had to, um, borrow it from a friend actually. So that was, that was already a scary thing. Um, and so many other things, like it came kind of out of nowhere. I had to shift around a lot of things and I'm like, well, isn't it too soon? It's like five weeks. It's like a whole week training together. It's called soulmate. Like, I don't know if we're soulmates. Um, and I don't know, I had to go through this whole journey. And then at the same time also, well, and if he doesn't, if I don't do it with him, then he go to the he goes do that with another woman because he really wants to do the training. Um, that kind of was pissing me off and triggering me in a way. So I had a lot of things to move through, uh, what I just explained. But I did and I came to the core of it and I'm like, I want to do this training together. Like if I look back on my life and I see moments where I had these major decisions to make or these decisions like, would I remember doing a soulmate training or would I remember just not doing that and maybe doing it weeks later. I'm like, no, of course I would remember a training like that. I want to learn teachings like this personally, no matter what happens between us. And so I actually was like, okay, this is an investment in myself. And at the same time, it also is a signal that I'm committing to whatever is in between us, whatever I can learn from the two of us coming together in this. And so commitment basically is that last key that has been central um, in our entire relationship up until this point, because I believe actually that commitment is something that a lot of us um, are more and more unfamiliar with and more and more leaning away from. However, true commitment is not just commitment to a person, to a relationship. It's actually commitment to growth, to your soul's journey and your soul's path. It's commitment to love. And I believe really in that moment, I committed to love. And also funny, in that whole training, the theme of it is also learning to commit and bow down to love, not just to love in your partner, but to love itself. 
and let basically love be the guide of the relationship. And that principle has saved us so many times over and over and over again, even in the months that came to follow, where we were in arguments, where I had these questions of like, I'm not sure if I can do this. Uh, we are too different. Um, this is too difficult. It was always that like commitment to love. But I'm like, okay, if I'm not in a space of love, deciding from here, if I'm not in that space of openness, of which I just talked in the body, I cannot make a, a rational decision. I cannot take a decision because then I'm deciding from pain. And that means if I take a decision from pain that um, nothing is healed or resolved and that lesson will come back if I'm not doing it now it will show up next year or show up in another partner and this is something you might recognize as well that you tend to attract the same type of partner um, maybe you're still in that cycle maybe not until you kind of learn the lessons that are in it from you and then you can attract actually a different sort of partner so it's basically key and only beneficial for yourself to really um, yeah commit to love and come back to love and really practice it. And the soulmate training specifically also gave us so many practical tools, which made that process really easy, efficiently and uh, efficient and natural. Um, so again, all the credits also to the soulmate training. It's like, yeah, um, tools we use on a daily. I use personally on a daily that I can't recommend enough that doesn't didn't just solve uh, or save relationships, but also save myself out of many, yeah, Diff many different emotional struggles and you name it and now to wrap up the story of um how we met how i met my soulmate it was basically after we did the soulmate training together that it became super clear for us of like we want to try this out we want to walk this path together we want to be partners we want to be committed to each other um fully focused on each other in that moment on life together and see where that takes us, see how much we can grow and learn when we just um, not distract ourselves with many different other things externally, but just really come back to the core of what this is. Because I feel, yeah, not only were we just madly in love, <laughs> uh, madly in love, but also um, there was this really strong like feeling of I'm being met, like this person is really meeting me. Um, it's I, on so many different levels like it's meeting me um in a life path of where I'm at like it's compatible in, in where I'm at right now it's meeting me mentally it's meeting me emotionally he's meeting me yeah almost like and this is really the soulmate feeling which always touches my heart so deeply it's really like I found my my other half like we I remember uh, our tantra teacher saying after that training it's like I'm seeing two angels from the same soul. Um, and ah, yeah, that is a really, really special feeling that I wish to everyone. Um, and with that being said, it is actually something that I know everyone can experience and everyone can have in their life. I really truly believe that. However, what is super key and this is where I'm going to give a little bit of finishing off with this tantric perspective and tantric meaning of what it means to be soulmates. Um, and so I'm going to read here. Soulmate is one with whom you have erotic chemistry and with whom you are aligned in ecstatic unity in all seven chakras. This, this fact means that when you first meet a beloved, there may be potential to become soulmates. But unless you go on the journey to actualize your potential together, it will most likely not be able to manifest. 
Becoming soulmates requires a spiritual discipline through Tantra meditation methods. And specifically, I'm going to read also the Osho quote. So that is the teacher of my teacher, um, which inspired her so much to create the soulmate series. Two lovers can be transformed so deeply that all their seven centers can start meeting. Tantra is the science of turning ordinary lovers into soulmates. It can transform the whole earth. It can transform each couple into soulmates. It is one of the greatest treasures that is lying there, unused. The day humanity uses it, the earth will become a glow with a new love. So let's take a breath here to let that sink in. And so basically, as Osho says, Tantra is the science of turning ordinary lovers into soulmates. And so what I personally believe is really that, of course, there needs to be a, a certain level of chemistry and some key components that match. Um, it might not be just a complete random person that you can turn into a soulmate, but therefore it says turning so like ordinary lovers into soulmates. Because basically what I believe is that you need to find someone where you feel that love with, where you feel that connection with. And then all that needs to happen is this commitment, is this like, okay, do we want to create a deeper, a bigger kind of love? Do we want to really be soulmates? Because the one thing I can tell you about being soulmates, it's like the most freaking difficult, challenging thing you'll ever do. Like the amount of times in the past two and a half years that I've been like my hands in my hair and just being like, ah, I don't know how to do this anymore. I don't know how to understand you. Ah, I'm in pain. Like this is uncomfortable. Like, ah, like that kind of freak out. It's just this, this struggling feeling. And I believe those people that have met their soulmate or are in a committed relationship will know this feeling. Like it's freaking challenging. And at the same time, it's so worth it because the opposite side is like next level love and intimacy and laughter and pleasure and joy and passion. Um, However, you need to be, be willing to have both and you need to be willing to commit to love itself. And that is not, again, to commit to the other person per se. It's to be willing to commit to your own healing journey, to commit to coming back to love and openness in your body. And this is also what I love when he says it's one of the greatest treasures that is lying there unused because the day humanity uses it, the earth will become a glow with a new love. Like the day humanity starts to understand that you can turn ordinary lovers into soulmates, that you can basically turn any anything that you ordinary love into a massive big love, into a super fulfilling, deeply intimate, connective thing. That is when basically the whole world will change and just will be filled with this sense of openness and peace and love. And so it takes, it takes freaking work, <laughs> um, but it's absolutely, absolutely worth it. And so with that being said, I think I'll wrap this episode up of how I met my soulmate and how you can either also meet your soulmate. I'm sure of that, but also how, um, 
it hope yeah i hope i give a different perspective on it not just that it's just a, a random fairy tale basically it just starts when you meet not it ends like in fairy tales it's like we meet and that's the end it's like no you meet and this is only the beginning like are you ready to be soulmates do you want to be soulmates that's the question to answer um and that's where the real yeah, the real truth of soulmates lies, the real possibility to finding and having your soulmate lies as well. And um, yeah, anyways, I hope this podcast was inspiring um, to share, yeah, a part, a chunk of my love story of how how we met. I feel there's so much, many more details and things to share, but um, yeah, I'll leave it here. I feel a little bit like whew, um, buzzy and yeah, a little tender as well and vulnerable and like, ooh, I shared all those things. Um, I hope it lands in a beautiful way. I hope it was inspiring. If you made it all this way, um, I would love to hear from you. Send me a little message. Uh, if you have any questions, always feel free to reach out. And then lastly, what I'm going to say is invite you to two exciting things. Me and Modestus are hosting The Bridge, a Tantra Couples Weekend Immersion um, in April in the Netherlands. It's so a few days and basically you can see it as a, a precursor to the soulmate training. If the soulmate training, it's like a week long, it's a way bigger investment. Um, is that, if that feels a little bit like too big of a step yet, uh, also always feel free by the way to reach out about the soulmate training, but specifically the bridge. Yeah. It's a beautiful introduction into Tantra, into, um, becoming basically soulmates and practicing this coming back to love and just finding next level intimacy, um, bringing back that spark and really getting you to be aligned again uh, to meet basically on all these different levels that you can meet with your partner. It's an amazing feeling and we're going to be giving you also a shit ton of tools to make sure that that's mo more common in your daily life, that that's something you can come back to over and over and over again and not something you just experience once in a while uh, when the stars align or something. No, it's something that you can actively create. Uh, you have to just be willing to do so. And so that is the bridge. Currently, the wait list is open. Tickets or spots are really limited. Um, so if you want to have, yeah, the possibility to join, I would say put yourself on the wait list. You can find the link to that in the podcast description. And besides that, while I'll be in Europe and in the Netherlands in person, that will be around April, I will also be hosting some events just for women. Uh, that's in general the main focus of my work or has been over the past years. Let's see where that's heading. Um yeah, I'll be hosting some really beautiful events where I'll be practicing these principles that I mentioned here that are key or that were key in my journey of finding my soulmate and attracting this partner. And that is opening your heart, learning to surrender and connecting deeply to feeling to your body, to your emotions and to this state of like, yeah, understanding and this openness versus closeness in your body, but also deeply, deeply, deeply learning to trust yourself and your instinctual intuitive nature, your feminine nature. That's what we'll be practicing during some really beautiful events as well. So for that, there's a different wait list. Also the link in the pot, that podcast description. And that's it for, for this time. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you hope to see you in the next one and sending you so much love. Bye.